Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Hi, everyone. This is our... Um uh, third, fourth call for um, vibration rehab. Fourth. <laughs> it's funny how I lose track. Um, I'm, I want to say welcome to Alexandra. I'm so pleased that you were able to make it to the call, and that <laughs> I know it's really, really, really late at night for you. It's really early in the morning for me. So um, we're both of us coming from a place of possibly not fully awake. <laughs> oh, it's still okay. <laughs> Thank you. You're still okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I, first of all, I want to say a huge kudos to you for your. I saw your. Um, I saw your post in Facebook where you had said about you know how your perspective has changed and how you're feeling much more uh, like this is something that, that's doable. Um, so I just wanted to celebrate that with you for a moment. That because what you've experienced, that feeling of how you know it's stuck and nothing's going to work. It's you are not the only one who's gone through that with this process where it's almost like it, it, there's a sort of meta belief that, that this isn't going to work and, and finding the ways to recognize that you have the, the you have the possibility of changing that story that's really huge and it takes some effort so I want to say congratulations and really really well done Oh, thank you very much. I'm I'm very glad too. It's um, it's a big uh, uh, it's a big change for me. It's uh, it's been so long that I've been trying to do that change, and I I really really love what happened just uh, yesterday and today. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you know, it's um, this is stuff that happens sometimes where I I think brains can be very tricky things. It's like even though you know when when it, it when I first covered this material in the, when I sort of introduced the, this, some of this stuff, I, you know, I touched on some of this, I, this, um, you know, the, the fact that, you know, not wanting to stay with that belief about being stuck and all those sorts of things, that those are all stories as well. And it's so interesting to see how easily, uh, uh, it's like your brain can forget that information because it doesn't fit the old story. It's like the old, old story is, I'm stuck and there's nothing we can do about it. So even when there's new information to go, hello, guess what, you're not. If you've got the right technique, you can shift this. It's like your brain has a way of forgetting it because it's an inconvenient truth, if that makes sense. Um I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really understand what you mean at the moment. Okay, so so the you know when we start this work, there's a really strong belief that it, that this is difficult and that the old story can't change. Mm. And sometimes our brains cling to that story, um, even though we get the information, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily land powerfully enough so that ah. we can remember that the change is possible. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. 
And uh, it's a special situation uh, even for me because um, I really have tried to change this vibe for years now. And yeah. I got the information, several, every time I've tried something different, I've got, I got the information, this will work, this will work, this will work. Mm. But for me, um, there, uh, the information you gave me that I understood what is happening, that was very, very important for me during the last yeah. day. I hear you. And I, this, I, I had the same experience. I think there's a part of me that's a bit of an engineer. I need to understand how things work so that I can relax into them and trust them. And I think that's, I think that's one of the reasons that this, that, uh, you know, this is why, why I get so excited about the brain science is because if I can find enough sort of research-based uh, information to give me that sense of how much power I have to change my own brain. Suddenly I feel that things are possible. And the weird thing about this process is that it's so simple. It, it feels like, you know, all of our old, <laughs> all of our old uh, ways of thinking would say, but this is too easy. It can't be this easy. And yet, you know, when we look at the research, it... it um, it, it it does work, and so I'm I'm really really happy that that you know we were able to kind of unpack that for you. That that um, and I also want to say thank you for asking those questions so clearly and for being willing to come back and ask the questions rather than sort of just going oh well it's you know here's another one that doesn't work. I'm really glad that you persevered. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad also. <laughs> I'm glad to. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, so let's dive in. See, if, first of all, do you have any? Do you have any questions, or are you feeling like you've got a grip on it now and you're kind of ready to go, or, or, or do you have any uh, sort of fine tuning that you'd like to do? Um, I, I feel really good at the moment. The only one thing I'd like to know is what I. Um, what I uh, wrote in my post right at the end about that um, we, we were talking about uh, not really being able to relax fully into pleasure because oh, there yes. something seems to be something that that uh, hinders me like a kind of barrier that I didn't even know that it was there uh, up to uh, yeah some a week ago or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a really good question because I, I think this is something that we've all experienced, and I think, you know, it's it's obviously um, when we think back to how babies, are, you know, how we were when we arrived on the planet. Babies are really good at pleasure. They they know what they like and what they don't like, and they let you know. And they don't, you know, when a baby is being massaged or drinking their milk or whatever, there's never any sense of guilt or shame or um, it, it, it's it, it, there's no questioning in a baby's. You can see that from most babies anyway that that for most babies when they are experiencing pleasure. In fact, I think all babies when they're experiencing pleasure, it's pure and it's unquestioned and it's um, and it's easy for them. And we were all the same when we were babies. So everything that we have that relates to how pleasure might trigger guilt or shame or I shouldn't do that or it's not being productive. All of that is learned. Absolutely all of that is learned. And if something has been learned, it can be unlearned. Uh, and I think 
with this particular piece of unlearning, the most powerful tool we have is awareness. Because the moment we get aware and we think to ourselves, so for example, if you, um, you know, if you, if your pleasure tool of the moment is a really good piece of chocolate, um, and you begin to fall into that pleasure, you begin to sink into it and to immerse into it, and then you have a thought that says, "Uh oh, I shouldn't be doing this." You know right away that that is a learnt thought and that it's one that you can ignore. So it's almost like. It's almost like that little voice of saying, you know, you shouldn't do that or it's not um, useful. Um, you actually have a really strong, you now have a really strong argument to, to counter that with, to be able to say, actually, this is not only useful, it is necessary. It's Janet's prescription. You know, this is this is something I am doing because it's extremely beneficial to me. This is something I'm doing for my own health. So you can you can have that dialogue with those old ideas um, in a really powerful way now that I think you wouldn't have had access to previously. So you can begin to sort of it's almost like you can begin to use those moments as an opportunity to say, you know what, I know how this works. I know that pleasure is really really good for me, and Therefore, uh, I, I choose to immerse myself in it. I choose to engage it. Does that begin to feel like a, 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 an answer to the question? Uh, yeah, I can understand that. Um, but I feel that um, the reason for that barrier um, is not shame or guilt for me. It, it's, um, near, it, it, it felt more like there was some kind of angst or um, like, oh, oh, I don't know if I can handle that. Like, if it, if it was oh, okay. getting... Yeah, okay. So it, so it feels like it might get overwhelming? Yeah, maybe. Is that, I, is I, that I more... I couldn't go that far. It, it was really a very, 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 very small impulse. And it was uh, I was um, astonished that I even could um, uh, be aware of it. It was very small. Cool. Well, that's a really good sign. The fact that you had that, that you were able to have that awareness. I think that in itself is a really good indicator that things are shifting because um, the clamour of the old vibration has obviously come down enough. So you've been able to deactivate it enough that you've then been able to have the awareness of this very small impulse. And I think that's, it's worth kind of teasing that out and recognizing that that in itself is a sign that you have begun to shift things, that things have begun to move. So I want to come back around and, and talk about this, uh, tease this out a bit more. So, so it's not strong enough to feel like you might be overwhelmed by it. It's not shame or guilt. Can you... Can you wrap any other words around it so that we can kind of take a closer look? It, it might be some kind of angst, like that it might become overwhelming. It wasn't. Right. Not at all, but it, that it might become overwhelming. Uh -huh. hmm. Okay. This is really interesting. I wonder whether there is a... There is a um, there's a, a a coach called Tom Stone who does work around um, helping people uh, resolve unresolved 
old old emotions and old trauma. And one of the things he talks about, and I wonder whether this might be part of the mix. One one of the things he talks about, and because his work tends to be about people who are tackling trauma-based emotions, uh, he mostly talks about overwhelming events um, as a negative thing. Um, but he talks about how when we are very small, we tend to be overwhelmed by big trauma because our brains are literally, we just don't have the wiring in place yet. So the way he describes it, the metaphor that he uses is um, it's a bit like trying to run you know, uh, Windows 8 on a 486 computer. The, the wiring just isn't there to handle it. This is why... Um, you know, when you see toddlers in the supermarket and they haven't been able to get the thing they wanted and they have a meltdown, this is a part of it. This, it it's like tiny things are monumentally overwhelming. And so what happens as a result of our experiences with that is that as adults, we tend to shy away from things that we think are going to overwhelm us. Um, mm-hmm. and, we, and the way he describes it is to say that actually that sense of the danger of being overwhelmed, it's no longer real. We, t- we have more than enough wiring now to handle anything. You know, we, it, it takes a very, very major thing for us to get overwhelmed. And certainly pleasure isn't going to be powerful enough to do that. But I wonder whether there has been some sense when you were very, very little that, uh, that pleasure, moments of pleasure had that feeling of being too much to handle and that therefore now you have this kind of, there's a, a little tiny part of you going, that might be too much. I don't know that I can surrender completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I want to say is, first of all, to say that you you, you can, you, you have the wiring to be able to now handle any amount of pleasure and it might feel weird and it might be, because part of it, remember one of the things I said early on was that as you go through these changes, you can get some sense of being unsettled because your right brain doesn't have a sense of linear time. It remembers everything as if it's all happening at once. And so either might be so it might be that there's something going on in your right brain that says that this whole pleasure thing feels unfamiliar, unsettling, possibly going to overwhelm me, not quite sure how I feel about this. There might be a risk. And so I think this is an opportunity where you can use, you can bring in your logical left brain to go, there is no risk, it's going to be okay, and now I choose to sink into this pleasure. Is that, does that make sense? Yeah, totally, it does. Um, and uh, I also think that um, as I, uh, I am training myself to feel pleasure constantly and more and more that um, maybe I uh, will be able to wash that barrier away. Yes. Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Because this is a whole part of what you're doing is, you know, it's all kind of bundled in together that, um, you know, when you think about it from the perspective of a brain, of one of your brain cells, um, with the old vibration in place, that they had lots of these neuroreceptors set up to receive the chemical message of the old vibration. You're now flooding them with pleasure chemicals and these little brain cells are going, holy cow, there's all this stuff around me. I don't know what to do with it. I don't have enough receptors for that. Uh, and uh, as, the, as the brain cells 
change, which the, the, they they do very rapidly, um, even when it doesn't feel like it from your you know from the from the macro perspective. Uh, as they change, they will become much more familiar with being able to accept those. And what happens is we're actually re resetting the chemistry of your brain so it is more aligned with pleasure and less aligned with the old angst vibration, the old, you know, what if it doesn't work kind of story. And, and so you kind of get a double whammy. Not only do you let go of the old vibration, but you're, as a side benefit, you're getting more skilled at engaging pleasure. <clears throat> and as we know from a law of attraction perspective, that's got to be a good thing. Okay, yes, I, I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. So, um, so does that, are you now feeling okay about the, the idea that you might get feelings of angst and you know what to do with them? Yes, yeah. You answered my question. Yes, thank you. Perfect. Awesome. 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 Okay. Um, let me. Oh, my computer's just gone to sleep. So, um, it's. I, I want to make sure that I bring some extra material to this call today because I know that, um, and this might be um, of interest to you, uh, especially Alexandra, because uh, one of the things I haven't really talked about in detail yet is how pleasure works, and I think sometimes getting an understanding that can help us get even better at um, experiencing it. Um, so the, there's a thing that humans do uh, that allows us to actually, it's called hedonic gloss. What we do, let me, sorry, I'm just going back through my notes here. Um, uh, so I want to start out by just exploring the role of pleasure. One of the, pleasure has a number of different roles in the brain. One of them is that it it drives us to acquire resources. You know, most of us, um, uh, we know, for example, that birds, who, birds don't have much use for the sense of smell because the odours of food, prey and enemies disperse in the wind. But humans have this very strong uh, sense of smell, not compared to dogs, but, you know, we, we use smell and taste to drive us to acquire resources. So that's one of the roles. We need we need taste to motivate us to get out there and hunt mammoths because that's a pretty dangerous occupation. Um, we know that pleasure uh, is part of the learning system. It provides the reward part. Um, we know that a juicy experience sticks in a way that dry experiences don't. So it's a part of memory formation. And it's a, an important part of the positivity um, uh, balance in our brain. You know, the more the more good we are at pleasure, the better we are at priming ourselves for positivity, which has all sorts of flow-on effects. Um, and uh, there there seem to be this is still a lot of research going on, but there seem to be two different kinds of pleasure. And sometimes this is useful to know when we are using pleasure as a tool. Um, one is called anticipatory, and the other is called consummatory. So anticipatory pleasure is when we are looking forward to something that's going to be pleasurable. So it's the feeling of we've just sat down in our favourite restaurant and uh, our favourite special meal is on the, you know, our favourite meal that they don't always make is on the specials menu. And so we get this sense of anticipation that we know we're going to get this delicious meal that we absolutely adore. The consummatory pleasure part is the part where we actually get to eat it. It's the part where we actually get to enjoy it. 
and that's the deep and that provides a deep satisfaction that anticipate anticipatory pleasure can't and this is the one we want to engage for this work that we're doing here because if we're relying on anticipatory pleasure remember I said in one of the emails I think that in an emergency we can rely on kind of vicarious pleasure or we can use imagined pleasure but we want to make sure that we're engaging consummatory pleasure as often as possible and that's the stuff that tends to be um, uh, very immediate sensory pleasure rather than the sort of more abstract pleasure so the pleasure of reading a book is enormous and a lot of that pleasure might co actually come from the comfort of the couch or the recliner where we might be lying it might come from the cup of tea we have while we're reading a book so reading a book has a lot of associations that go with it which engage those sensory pleasures and it has the mental pleasure of reading a book a good book um, but if we're reading a book in an uncomfortable space, for example, we might not get as much juice from it because we're getting this more slight, there's a slight distance between us and that pleasure. So if we're on a busy train commuting home, for example, we're not going to get quite the same degree of pleasure. We'll get some because it's much more pleasant than sitting there looking around at all the other people who are hating the journey. Um, and one of the things, I, so I think that's, that's really helpful to know we also know that um, uh, acti activity-based ple pleasure can amp up the pleasure chemicals. That's not to say that passive, you know, passive things like simply sitting with a square of chocolate, that is pleasurable, it's massively pleasurable. And there is an active element to that. You've got to manage you know, the fact that you're not just chewing it up and swallowing it. You're managing the mindfulness of it. There's an active, there's an active ingredient to how we engage that kind of pleasure. Um, uh, passive pleasure, which is things like, you know, simply sitting and watching TV, they have, a, they have a value, but they're not usually powerful enough to give you the traction you need. So they'll do in an emergency, and they're certainly good for bringing relief when, people, when, you, when you're stressed, but they're not powerful enough for this kind of um, work. Um, and one of the things that is really interesting is our brains generate reward signals when what we experience is even better than we expected it to be. So if we can lower our attachment to the outcome, so if we can sort of say, well, I'm going to have this square of chocolate, I know it's going to be good. And then as we're experiencing it, we can tell ourselves, we can paint it with this uh, sort of extra glow and really create this story around how it's even better than we remembered chocolate to taste. It's even, it's, you know, the essential oil, when I use my essential oil, which is my regular kind of go-to, works every time um, pleasure tool, there's always a sense of, oh my God, I've forgotten how good this smells. It smells even better than I remember. If we can bring that flavor to the experience, um, we're going to get even more of the, the pleasure chemicals that are going to flood our brain. So it's a really, um, it's, a, it's a sort of an extra, a bit of extra oomph that we can bring to it. Um, and I, as a final thing, I want to describe the stages that we go through when we experience pleasure. This all happens in a really, you know, in a split second, but 
Imagine, so I'll use an example of a, a painting. Imagine that you're at an art exhibition and you see a Monet painting that you absolutely love. Um, something about it catches your attention and you stop to admire it. The moment that you have that thought, I really love this painting, what happens in your brain in a really fast space of time is it goes through these steps. It remembers what you like. It registers pleasure. It remembers where the pleasure came from. And this is a, the important bit. It makes a note to repeat the same pleasure in the future. It, it adds a unique memory to your memory banks. It compares that new memory to all the previous ones and finds it favourable. And it sends all these amazing chemical reactions of pleasure, not just throughout your brain, but actually to every cell in your body. So you get a huge amount of benefit from it. So you build this in your brain's landscape, it's your brain's mental landscape, which is how it forms its opinion of the world. You actually change that whole landscape just by the act of looking at something and going, I really like that, or tasting something and going, I really like that. Um, and this is what we call, um, this is this idea of hedonic gloss. We humans seem to have this capacity to take something that we sort of like a bit and add extra juice to it when we choose to. It's a power. It's like a superpower. Uh, this is how, for example, you know they talk about um, when you're in childhood there might be something you don't like and then as an adult you acquire a taste for it. That's how acquired taste works. We, look, we can learn to like something. Now, I'm not suggesting that you have to go out tomorrow and find something you didn't like and turn it into a pleasure. That's a bit, that's a bit much of an ask. But knowing that we have the power to do that, that can sometimes help when we've got items in our pleasure toolkit which feel a little bit, yeah, they're okay, they're not bad. We can actually use this power of our brain to... Imagine that in the moment where we're engaging it, we imagine how much we love it. We really build up that sense. So instead of kind of going, is this pleasurable enough, flipping it around and going, I'm deciding that this is the most delicious thing I've ever eaten or I'm deciding that this is the most amazing thing I've ever smelled or I've, I'm deciding this is the most beautiful thing I've ever looked at. So we can use this power of how our brain relates to pleasure to to really fine tune the pleasure <clears throat> the the pleasure part of this three step process. Um, so, Alexandra, does that is that all making sense? Do you have any questions around it, or anything you want to know more about? Um, no, I don't have any questions. All that is very interesting, um, and uh, especially that part of uh, how I can amp up my, my, my ability or, uh, to, to feel pleasure by just deciding that something uh, is, uh, and, and thinking about it in the moment when it uh, happens. Um, that's very interesting. I love that. Uh, it's amazing, isn't it? And, you know, I think this is, um, you know, if, you, if you're familiar with Abraham Hicks's work, this is kind of what they do with a rampage. You know, they they do it in, it, it takes a long time to, to speak through a rampage of appreciation. Um, uh, but we can do it inside our own heads much faster because thought is much faster than verbalizing. And so it's it's very similar. It's, it's um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's uh, we can do it really fast. And the more we practice it, the better we get at it, like anything else. 
Um, and it's really fun to play with. Uh, and it's not something I would have introduced early on. I wanted to, you know, it's the sort of stuff that once we get a hang for the hang of, once we get the hang of the three-step process, then understanding pleasure kind of gives you an, an extra bit of turbocharge for, for how it works. Um, and plus, I mean, knowing this stuff, knowing about hedonic gloss, it's a really fun thing to play with. You know, you can you can sit and I can sit here in my office and look at the look at the drapes on my window, which are now about eighteen months old. We've had them about eighteen months, and I can look at them and go, I love that colour I chose. I love the pattern of it. I can do a rampage of appreciation, and I know that the pleasure chemicals in my brain are just getting really, really amped up and juicy. Yeah, this is um, for me. This is especially uh, interesting because um, uh, the the whole body is part of it, and this is always very important for me that I do body work that 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 I can feel things. It's um, <laughs> I just got the the idea that uh, one could call that a sensory rampage. Yes. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. I might have to steal that. <laughs> I'll give credit if I do. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it is—a sensory rampage. That's brilliant. And, and you're right; it is a whole of body thing. You know, we talk because the focus of this work has been around the brain. Sometimes I, I, I sort of don't remember to bring that with me into the mix. But it's true that everything we're doing is also then going to have this this extra chemical cascading effect throughout the whole body, um, which is all to the good. You know, it's really good for us to experience that and. Allowing us, so the you know what part of one of the part, one of the reasons I wanted to kind of tease this out and look at this superpower we have, the ability to create this sensory rampage, is to say we are designed for pleasure. So all of those cultural things that say, oh, I'm too busy for pleasure, it's not pro productive, it's not rewarding. One of the ways to question that is to to remind ourselves we are actually designed for pleasure. We are designed with all of these benefits that are derived from pleasure. Um, so to deny ourselves pleasure is is counterproductive. Now that's not to say that we should be doing this 24/7. Although maybe maybe it's not certainly not my place to say. If you can go through life 24/7 in pleasure, why not? But um, it's it's to sort of it's it's really important, I think, to, to recognise that A, we get huge benefits from it, and B, we do know how to do it. We just sometimes have to be reminded. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so this is going to be a short call today. Um, but, and Alexandra, before... Because that's what... I wanted to make sure I included in that... Uh, I included that material... In terms of the progress of the group as a whole, I think I said in one of the other calls that when I'm doing this work one-on-one -on -one with people, the timing gets very flexible because people progress through this through the process at various different speeds. And it's never, you know, what's interesting to me is I've worked with the same, you know, there have been a couple of times where I've worked with the same person more than once and their progress through the process itself has been really different each time. And so it's not like... Some people are fast, some people are slow. Within an individual, when they're using this technique, sometimes it, it happens really fast, sometimes it takes a bit longer. It doesn't seem to be, that, that progress doesn't seem to be related to 
how long the old vibe has been around or how sticky it feels or how you know life hampering it has felt it doesn't seem that it, there doesn't seem to be any pattern and and the same i know came out with the um, when they were working with this with people with ocd they said there is no way to predict each time someone is going through this or for each group of people there's no way to predict how long it will take but the but the it seems to be that that the changes begin within 72 hours and they take they can be as quick as 72 hours or they can take you know 3 weeks or or even more and what i want to say is that because this group seems to be still going through the process you know when i look at you as a collective um what we're going to talk about next week will be to do with what to do when the new vibe arrives and you will get some new there'll be some uh, when it comes to recognizing that new vibration it will be like a, a thought pops into your head that seems radically new or radically fresh or it's almost like wow I wonder where that came from it's like an idea of what's possible suddenly emerges um, it might not come in the form of a clear sentence when I was doing this work around Eeyore you know the sense of disappointment that I called Eeyore uh, the first time I became aware of a new vibration when I was when I thought to myself everything's going to work out fine and without me having to impose it it wasn't like I was playing with an affirmation it just popped into my head I thought everything's going to work out fine and it and I immediately had this reaction of going oh I've never thought that voluntarily before that's that's new um, but it isn't always in words sometimes it's just a feeling um, but there comes there comes a point where you kind of go I think I'm coming out of the woods I think I'm coming out of the dark I think this is I think I've got a handle on this so next week I want to talk about what to do with that uh, because uh, either everybody will be at, at that point next week or you will be so close to it that that information will be really really useful so that's what we'll be covering next week um, but in the meantime Alexandra do you have any questions about any of that um, or, or are you complete for today no, I'm complete for today. The only question would have been how I to say so. Uh, I would have asked you if you could say something what, about what uh, to expect, which signs uh, show that there is a new vibe coming up. But you already answered that. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a very individual one. And again, from working with other people and and from my own work, it's it it, it can be different each time. And and like I said, sometimes it's just a feeling. Sometimes it's more like a knowing. And sometimes there's an actual thought that we recognize and go, that's new. I don't know where that came from, but I like it. <laughs> and I think okay. that's probably the clue is where we, where we have that sense of, that's new. I don't know where it came from, but I like it. Um, and uh, so, and, and I think one of the reasons I tend not to talk about that too early is that Sometimes, if people have been, if you know, when we've only just, when people have only just started working with the three-step process, um, it's tempting for them to try and reach for that new vibration, because especially if they're LOA savvy, they, you know, that we get taught about pivoting and we get taught about replacing the old thought with a new one, and that's great when it's not something that's really sticky. 
But when it's something really sticky, trying to do it too early can actually put us under too much pressure so it feels like stress. Um, so if you get an inkling that you might be you might be there already. You know, if there might come a moment where you have that feeling or that knowing or you get that sense of, I think I might be there. By all means, you know, have a sort of um, gentle self-inquiry and say, I wonder, like if you're, if you're conscious that the thing you've always been unable to feel is um, faith in the future, for example, if that's been really impossible for you to get without triggering the, you know, your scary old hag, um, then you can play with it and sort of sit with it and go, I wonder if I can really feel that now and feel like it belongs to me. So that's certainly one way to play with that, but I wouldn't recommend that you try and push mm. it. You know, if, if, mm. you, if, if you have that, if you try and reach for that thought and it still triggers the old vibration, then you stick with the three-step process. So you can yeah. do a little self-inquiry. It's just got to be super, super, super gentle. So... I want to kind of reinforce that because I don't want anybody going, right, I'm going to go for it. <laughs> yeah. like, no, not, not yet. It's okay. got to be... Sorry. Go on. Yeah, uh, I don't think that I'm there yet. No, not. I just wanted to have uh, uh, yeah, a slight idea what uh, what to be looking for. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, quite, I'm sure quite. that I shouldn't uh, start too early because uh, one a part of the old wife is uh, that um, uh, um, just just second I should look up a word. Ah. <laughs> um, uh, Ah, that disappointment about not uh, 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 seeing anything change and not seeing any new vibes. This is part right. of the old vibe. And so yes. I uh, I have to be very patient and uh, um, waiting for something new coming up on its own, I think. Absolutely. You are a very smart woman. <laughs> You're absolutely <laughs> right. Um <laughs> And so I think for you, and I, I, would, I would recommend this for everybody, but I think the key here is to be willing to engage curiosity for its own sake. And, you know, remember when we did our visit with the vibration way, way, way back, one of the things I said then was that you've got to be in observer mode. You've got to be a sort of field anthropologist here. Um, and, you've, and you've got to find a way to kind of step back from that, um, you know, from any sense of, I need it to change. Look, for most of us when we're doing this stuff, we're dealing with a vibration we've had for years and years and years and years and years. Another week or two is not going to kill you. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, so uh, And in the meantime, what I like about this too is just to remind yourself that you now, ha now that you have the tools to know what to do when the old vibe comes up, you get to engage pleasure when it comes up. So it's not like you're... You know, in the old days, before you learnt this skill, before you, you know, found the way to fine-tune it and understand it, um, you didn't have a strategy. So the old vibration was really scary and difficult and stressful. You now have a strategy and it involves pleasure. So, you know, it's like you get this double whammy of A, you feel less stressed about the experience of the existence of it and B, you know that it's a reason, you know, when it shows up, 
you're going to get to experience pleasure. And and so yeah, you can just engage that spirit of curiosity rather than um, and patience rather than any sense of I have to try and reach that new vibration now. So I'm really glad that you've got that that you understand that because it's you know that's a really important um important it's like that having that standpoint of curiosity and patience it's really really important for the for getting the best progress through the 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 process itself yeah curiosity and patience uh, sounds very good and um i c- i can now be much more relaxed or very very relaxed on um yeah just waiting for what comes up because uh, of all the yeah. knowing i gathered uh during this work with you i'm so glad i'm so so glad alexandra i it's it's such it's so interesting to me that there's there are so many strands to this um to this work and to the information that lies behind it and and i think one of the things that makes it powerful is that it gives us reason to relax into the process and trust it and there are lots of other ways of dealing with sticky old vibrations and i and my feeling is and my certainly my experience suggests that for those of us for whom those things haven't worked part of it is that we needed to have a more we needed to have reason to believe um and we needed a really clear protocol you know a clear one two three three step process that was that makes sense and that um actually has some traction to it some power to it and um so i'm i'm so glad that you know that i've been able to um that that i've been able to provide the information that you needed and i'm so impressed that you know how you you had such clarity around your questions that it then enabled me to answer them in a way that seems to have landed and I'm really really pleased about that so well done you thank you that's <laughs> right, awesome that's awesome all righty um so if we don't have any more questions I'm going to wrap up the call um any more questions or comments or anything else that you wanted to add Alexandra No, no, not at the moment. Thank you, Janet. That's awesome. I uh, thank you so much for staying up late. Um have a wonderful evening, a wonderful night's sleep. <laughs> so, yeah. And um I shall go and get my day started. <laughs> so, I wish you a wonderful day. I'll just uh, rush into bed now and I enjoyed this call very much with you. Thank you, Janet, and I'm looking forward uh, to see you on uh Facebook. Excellent. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for calling in. It's been wonderful to have the conversation with you because um I know we haven't actually been able to speak, you know, in person before and I love I love that we've been able to have the conversation and I love that um you've kind of opened the door for me to go through some of that pleasure material as well because I think it's you know it's such a, uh, it's so beneficial to have those deeper understandings. So so thank you for that. All right. Uh thank you so much and I'm going to end the recording now. Uh, before I hang up the call, I usually don't remember to and then I have to dial back in again, so I'm ending the recording now. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.